we specified we wanted to keep the cost very low and to remove as many barriers as possible for individuals to obtain the service. This is episode 227 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. Madison, Wisconsin has embarked on a pilot project with multiple purposes. As the community seeks ways to improve connectivity citywide, they will use the project to collect data about benefits of providing services to the community. Simultaneously, the project will bring fast, affordable, reliable connectivity to areas of the city with the highest concentration of low-income households. In this interview, Chris talks with Paul Kronberger, Madison's Chief Information Officer, who offers more details about the Connecting Madison pilot program. In addition to describing the aims of the project, Paul explains how the city is using existing assets and how they're contending with restrictive state law as they embark on their partnership with a private ISP. Now here's Chris with Paul Kronberger, Chief Information Officer for Madison, Wisconsin, discussing the pilot program to help bridge the city's digital divide. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell. Today I'm speaking with Paul Kronberger, the CIO of Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm also glad to have you here. Um, It's a bit of a rivalry time between Minnesota and Wisconsin, but I'm happy to learn more about what's happening uh, over there. Um, You know, for people who who aren't familiar with Madison, the home of the uh, of incredible football and basketball teams, um, can you tell them a little bit about your city? Well, we're the state capital of Wisconsin. Uh, Our city has a population of about two hundred and fifty thousand or so. Uh, We're also home to the uh, main campus of the University of Wisconsin. I mean, there's quite a few other uh, four-year campuses and two-year campuses, but we're the the largest, the central uh, uh, UW campus. It's uh, Well, it's a beautiful city. We're nestled between two good-sized lakes, so the central part of the city is actually an isthmus. We have a, a diverse population and uh, you know, uh, uh, quite a few uh, people who are in the technology area. And um, we have some, you know, major government institutions, including the seat of state government. Many of the state agencies are centered here. We have um, the city of Madison, Dane County, the Madison School District, um, one of the largest technical colleges here, and another uh, college called Edgewood College, which is a private institution but uh, has has a pretty diverse and large uh, student body as well. Um, we also are the home to uh, some major corporations, including Epic Systems, which uh, you probably know as a major healthcare IT provider. Uh, also, uh, American Family Insurance, CUNA Mutual, and and a number of other corporations. Well, and I think you're also home to one of the most interesting of the digital divide efforts that we've seen around the country, where the city has picked four neighborhoods and is building out a rather robust fiber optic network. And uh, that's the main thing we're going to talk about. We'll talk a little bit about uh, future plans or discussions around a citywide network. Uh, but what can you tell us about the, the goals of, uh, of this four neighborhood network? We have been... Um discussing the issue of the digital divide for some time, and there's been growing awareness the the last few years. So uh, we've had a number of discussions with the mayor and other city officials. Uh, The mayor um, uh, moved ahead on this by establishing a a city committee that would help determine a direction to go in, and the committee is called the Digital Technology Committee. 
and um, it has nine members. Uh, two of them are alders, are elected officials, and then the other seven are citizen members. And, and, uh, and then I, I and my staff staff the committee. Uh, one of our members is uh, Barry Orton, who is a professor of telecommunications from the University of Wisconsin, and is, um, I think, pretty well known in the broadband area. So he's been a, a major uh, contributor and part of, of the effort. In fact, he chairs the a subcommittee called the Citywide Broadband Subcommittee. But uh, in early discussions on the committee, um, we were trying to work through, you know, how can we address the digital divide? And discussions ranged in many different directions. And finally, we settled on an idea of doing a pilot project to wire you know, one or more of some of the challenged neighborhoods in Madison. And uh, we went through a selection process where uh, basically we're looking at a number of areas. Madison has already has some predefined areas called NRTs, which are stands for Neighborhood Resource Team Areas, and these were defined uh, years ago as areas that need more attention from the city and more intense uh, coordinated uh, effort from the city. And our pri- primarily challenged neighborhoods or have some factors that make them challenged. So the committee went through a process and ended up selecting four areas for a pilot project. We weren't sure how to move forward on that, so we did a, a request for information to get some ideas on what vendors would propose, like how would you do a pilot project, what technologies would you use, wireless, wired, etc. Uh, we learned something from that, and then we uh, moved ahead uh, with an RFP, a more formal procurement. Our committee, uh, in discussing this, they felt that wireless was perhaps a better option, and so we structured our RFP to say that a wireless um, proposal would be preferred, but we were open to other technologies and proposals, and you know would like to see whatever the responders, uh, whatever they submitted. So as we uh, received the responses and then evaluated the RFP um, information from the different vendors and such, uh, what came to the top was a solution from a local firm that was for a fiber a fiber solution, basically uh, leverage the city's extensive uh, fiber backbone and extend that network into each of these four pilot areas and basically have a, a, a fiber to the premise in those areas. And then the, the vendor would... Uh, actually provide the internet services and we we specified we wanted to keep the cost very low and to remove as many barriers as possible for individuals to obtain the service and so at this point uh, we're moving ahead with offering low cost but high speed internet service for ten dollars a month Uh, no no gimmicks no need to add on extra services or bundle unless you wish to but you don't have to and is that available to anyone that lives within the area, or does one have to qualify by having a certain kind of income or a child in the school system or something like that? It's uh, available to every household within those defined areas. So they're, they're defined geographic areas, and we actually have it down to the individual address level. Okay. I found it really interesting. So you mentioned the city's uh, existing fiber network, which uh, is a um, very uh, cutesy name, Muffin. The um, I'm sorry, the first is the first word is Madison. Um, uh, actually, so th- actually, it's not. The first oh, word it isn't. is Metropolitan. So it stands for, it's an acronym, it stands for Metropolitan Unified Fiber Network. Ah, 
Okay, so I got the, the other three letter. There's other three letters, right? Um, so the, the the private provider extended the network, but that fiber um, was that entirely paid for by the city of Madison, or was that a, a partial uh, where the city kicked in some and the provider kicked in some also? Well, for the pilot project, the city is paying a capital cost of running that fiber to each of those households or apartments, and that's the entire cost. And then the city will also retain ownership of that, right? Yes, that's the plan. Um, the, the stated purpose of the pilot project, and I'm sorry, this is more background, but you may be aware of a Wisconsin state statute which um, places a number of requirements on any municipality that is thinking about a broadband service for its residents. And um, one of the requirements um, is that before any service is actually instituted, that uh, the the city do a, a, a cost-benefit analysis and hold a public hearing and a number of other requirements such as that. Um, the stated purpose of our pilot project is to gather data in order to do the cost-benefit analysis. So we intend to uh, move ahead with this pilot project, gather that data, and then have that available. But it also um, will be a very good learning opportunity for you know how services could be provided to the public. And is this a envisioned as a temporary um, project? Um, and if it is, I'm curious what happens at the end of that period to the fiber that's already been created. Well, the city the city would take ownership of that. But uh, in parallel with that, we're, we're moving ahead with a, a major city-wide fiber-to-the-premise project. So it's it's really in parallel, and I think as we learn more as we move along on that, that'll help determine or answer some of the, the, the questions about what, what becomes of the pilot um, infrastructure and, you know, will that be continue to be used and be incorporated into, say, a citywide infrastructure. One of the things that the state law also does is that if you became a service provider, um, there are some pretty stringent accounting requirements that I think are designed to basically make it uh, infeasible for uh, you to offer services. Is that part of the reason that you're so um, focused or that you're working with a private provider in providing the service? Well, that's part of it. Um, so we we take a step back and we look at, you know, what does this mean to be providing this type of service? As an information technology department, I am not staffed up to do that. Um, I do not have staff to provide those uh, customer call services or help desk services. And so we, we really know, uh, know that we have to work in partnership with the private sector to accomplish this. And so with our pilot project, we're doing that. We have the um, private sector extending that network, and they're going to actually provide the actual service and build a residence for that service. Is ResTech expecting that they will uh, break even or, or make the profit that they may need uh, solely through uh, selling customers' services? Uh, they're they're doing this as a um, you know a for-profit corporation, so they they would not be engaging in this if they didn't expect to, um, you know, make some money from it. And I guess the the question then is for people where I think, frankly, there's other cities that are going to be interested in doing similar things or at the very least evaluating if they would be able to. Um, I'm curious, does ResTech have to offer a lease um, payment to the city for using the fiber? Or um, what's, what's their, you know, their arrangement with the city in that regard? Uh, right now, no, they do not. They do not lease the fiber. We, we're providing the... Uh, the money to build that network out, and they are not leasing it from the city, but they will utilize it and then complete the installations within, uh, you know, the individual residences. Again, it's 
it's designed as a pilot project to kind of help make this happen and move along and then give us the opportunity to, to you know, see what we learn from this pilot. Right. Um, and I, you know, I think that's, um, there's a lot of cities that have tried to have to figure this all out just using paper and math ahead of time. And I think actually doing it will give you a much better sense of the true costs and opportunities. Uh, but one of the things that I think is noteworthy, um, you know, there's, I think there's a growing trend where uh, 10 years ago, almost every city that got involved in this said, well, we're going to invest in fiber, but that fiber is going to have to pay for itself. Now, it seems like, Madison, you're really treating this as infrastructure and as a digital divide effort where your number one goal is to provide social benefit. It's not to, um, you know, make sure that the fiber can maximize its value. Uh, that, that's correct. We're really looking at the social aspect of this, how to, um, you know, meet some of these needs for people who are affected by the digital divide. And if I can just ask um, a, uh, a final question, uh, since the fiber installs have been happening for some time, have there been any early lessons or, or big success stories, you know, people being really excited about this available in their neighborhood? What's the reaction from the community been? Well, it's been positive. We, I should mention other aspects of the project. So the, the pilot project for the digital divide is a three-pronged effort. So the first is the actual network itself, to get that network to each residence. The second prong is education, digital literacy education. So we've um, contracted with a local a nonprofit uh, who is going, who is, and is going to continue providing uh, training and uh, you know basic computer training for people, um, and provide some basic help desk, break fix types of services, and uh, and also the the uh, installation of uh, computers for the residences. And then the third aspect of it is computers themselves for the people. So uh, what we did is we partnered with another um, local corporation, actually one of our vendors, who really uh, stepped up to the plate and um, coordinated uh, the donation of computers from some of the large corporations in the area. And then they're processing you know, any reconditioning that's necessary on those computers and are working hand-in-hand with our educational nonprofit to uh, get those deployed to residences as uh, their services come online. And so uh, we've been fortunate that several of the corporations locally have donated computers. We actually, at this point, have sufficient numbers of computers, and they're late-model, high-end corporate computers that are perhaps two, two years old to three years old that are being refreshed by the corporations, yeah, and they're donating these to us. You know, the equipment that's uh, going to go out to the participants in the pilot project, they're gonna, it's going to be decent equipment. So that's the three, three-pronged effort that we're, that's part of the, the project. Great. It sounds uh, somewhat similar to a project called Eliminate the Digital Divide and something that I think is a good model for communities anywhere, especially those that have uh, large corporations uh, locally that may have these uh, recent computers that are nonetheless um, outdated for their needs. And then I just wanted to, to finish up by noting that you mentioned a, a citywide potential project. You're, um, you have a feasibility study that it looked at doing a citywide dark fiber type approach. So um, we will look forward to following any progress there and hopefully uh, talking with you as you move forward. And I, I certainly hope that you're able to make it work out. Thank you. We are, we're very hopeful about it. And um, we are really moving into the next phase where we are planning to engage some outside resources to help us develop an implementation plan. And then um, when that's ready, we will then submit that to our city council 
It would include, you know, options or recommendations for how to finance this and, you know, how to move forward on this. So, so there's a very big decision point that will come up next year for our city council on where we go with fiber to the premise city line. But we're not, we're not at that point yet. Great. Well, I look forward to seeing what happens. And I just want to uh, salute you for taking a novel approach and just going out there and figuring out how to get fiber uh, to low-income areas and uh, gather the data that you ultimately need to figure out how to make it work citywide. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. You're welcome, and thanks for having me. That was Chris talking with Paul Kronberger, Chief Information Officer from Madison, Wisconsin. For more coverage, follow the Madison tag on muninetworks.org. We'll continue to follow developments as the project grows. Remember, we have transcripts for this and other Community Broadband Bits podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. You can also follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks.org. Subscribe to this podcast and all of the podcasts in the ILSR podcast family on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Never miss out on our original research by also subscribing to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. Thanks to the group Mojo Monkeys for their song Bodacious License to Creative Commons, and thanks for listening to episode 227 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. <laughs> <laughs>